0: It is July 25th on com. I'm Buffy Gorilla, and I'm speaking with Cameron Jackson. Cameron, can you tell me a little bit about what you do in the world out there?
1: Oh uh, Yeah, well, I work for Queensland Urban Utilities, which is a water utility in southeast Queensland. And I'm in environmental planning. So my job is to get our environmental licenses for our 27 sewage treatment plants and then try to work out how we're going to uh, manage another million people coming into southeast Queensland over the next 20 years or so.
0: And do you have any idea how you're going to do that?
1: Uh, We've got some pretty good ideas. So um, yeah, generally innovation is going to be our key thing to um, somehow upgrade the facilities in a cost-effective way.
0: And when does that start? Are you, or are you already on it?
1: We're already on it, so uh, we have master plans that we continually update to um, looking at the forward population projections and try to work out how we're going to manage all that sewage that all those people are going to give us.
0: Um, I don't even know how to respond to that. Um, Do you enjoy your job?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, some people might say it's a uh, crap job, but uh, (laughs) our work does flow in every morning.
0: (laughs) I feel like the puns are endless with this conversation, Gavin. Have you always been in the sewage business?
1: <laughs> um, yeah, well, I started uh, the graduate chemist when um, Brisbane City Council I had a laboratory to do all the testing of water and sewage and worked my way up into an uh, environmental planning role 25 years later.
0: Excellent. And what is it about investing that first attracted you to it?
1: I suppose I was fortunate in a way when I joined up, Brisbane City Council had compulsory superannuation. So, um, right from day dot, I had to put 5% away of my money and through solely sacrifice, and council would put in 14%. So, um, right from day dot, uh, I was investing, but I didn't really know about it.
0: And were you active in managing your super, or were you just kind of putting the money away and forgetting about it?
1: I was only 20, so um, it went away, but um, the good thing about it was, you know, you didn't miss it it happened from day one, so I reckon it should be mandatory for everybody to do it. It just, you learn to live on 5% less, and And I've done it ever since.
0: Great. And when did it become more apparent that you needed to actively manage your money?
1: Uh, Probably not until my super grew. To over maybe 100 or 150 thousand dollars. Up until then, you sort of. Well, I find in your twenties you're you're doing other things. So it was probably not till I um, started a family that I started looking at it more intensely. Lucky for me, I had it in a high growth environment. Someone I think I got advice somewhere along the line that said just chuck it in there and forget about it. And um, so that worked well, I guess, over those early years.
0: And then what have you done since then? Are you still actively doing salary sacrifice with your super? or have you broadened your interests and investment?
1: Um, I've still kept that five percent salary sacrifice going. Um, I' like to change that soon. My kids are starting to go into private school, so I might need that extra money The weekends ends meet. Um, but generally' always been more in shares and equities than property. <clears throat> Um, so, just starting to, more recently over the last couple of years, look at um, self-investing part of that superannuation um, through various um, service providers, really.
0: And how do you go about choosing your service provider? What's on your list?
1: Um, for about 23 years, we had to use the council superannuation fund. So. Um, it was generally just, I suppose, in the latter time, moving money between the allowed investment options within the one super fund. And more recently, I've diversified some money into another fund that allows a self-invest option where you can invest in AFX 300 shares directly.
0: And how do so, you... So, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, I was going to say, how do you choose the shares that you're going to um, invest in? What?
1: That's where the constant investor comes in handy. So uh discovered Alan Cole or probably about oh, five, ten years ago <clears throat> and um, sort of liked his philosophy and general information. And so I uh, use him as a constant investor info as a guide and then do my own research and do a bit of conviction investing, I guess you'd say.
0: So what are some of the conviction stocks that you have purchased?
1: Well, I, um, when I started, I did put some money in Dick Smith and soon realized that investing in something I don't know much about probably is not the right way to go. So that's probably my dog investment over the last couple of years. He knows I might get some back on this class action. You never know. So then I decided, because I'm a chemist by trade, I need to um, invest in something I can understand So mixing environment and chemistry together, I ended up with lithium. So I'm a big believer in green energy and electric vehicles. So I like that theme at the moment over the last couple of years.
0: And have those been performing pretty well for you?
1: Yeah, so um, some of the stocks have done well. This year they've gone back a little bit and it's just really a buying opportunity I see and then I've gone into a couple of um, you know I just put a few percent into real blue sky junior miners hoping they can hit the pay dirt on the realisation that half of them are probably gonna go (laughs) by the wayside but hopefully the ones that do well will do really well so probably my best investment has been clean tech got into there at um Few years ago, 12 cents, and uh, that'd probably be my star stock.
0: And how often are you spending, you know, checking in with your investments?
1: Oh, uh, I'd probably do an hour a week, half hour reading Alan's weekend briefing, and um, half hour doing my own sort of mucking around. <laughs>
0: And what sort of, um, I guess, how long do you spend watching a stock before you're ready to make that investment?
1: Um, I'll read the, well, if it's miners, I'll read their previous reports, look at their investment presentations. Um, For juniors, I'll read all their feasibility studies. Then I'll go talk to the process engineers in our section here and ask them some questions, (laughs) particularly if they're having problems. And they'll give me the confidence whether they can fix it or not, and uh, yeah, so it's sort of a mix of, I guess, life skills and broader investment advice from constant investor, investor and people like that.
0: And what do you think about infrastructure investment? Obviously, being in the ground in Queensland with you know the one million people that are going to be coming, do you think that's an area that you might look at in the future?
1: Um, probably not directly. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, the big super funds are going more that way. So I think I'll leave that to more of the experts. But knowing that that's probably investing in the big super funds, you're going to um, buy more of that type of asset class going forward.
0: And you mentioned you have children. Are you getting them on the investing bandwagon?
1: That's an interesting story. um, I've been putting money away for them for Few years, I think I had maybe up to a uh, couple of grand, and they're only getting two percent interest. And I sat them down. I said, you want to drive a nice car or a ten-year-old beat-up car when you're 18?" And they decided to go for a nice car. So I put their money into uh, a mix of juniors. One of those was Clean Tech. So they're. Uh, Two and a half thousand dollars has gone to about ten thousand dollars in the last two years. So they uh, they certainly got interested in shares pretty quickly.
0: <laughs> and how <laughs> and how often are they checking in with their stocks?
1: Well, my son, who's ten, he's got the uh, watch list on his phone, so I think he checks them daily now. Um, my my daughter's not so keen; she's more into dance and those type of things. So she's just happy for the quarterly update. <laughs>
0: so they don't go to the AGMs with you yet?
1: No, I haven't been to an AGM myself. They're um, few and far between in Brisbane, but uh, maybe Orocobri might have their uh, AGM in Brisbane. We can go along and hear if they've fixed up their lithium plant in northern Argentina or
0: not. And... Besides paying for private school for your two children, what are your other investment goals?
1: Well, when I, um, about oh, 13 years ago, we were going to buy a new house and uh, in Brisbane and we looked around and the one we wanted, we missed out on. And then for a hundred grand extra, I realized we could get another, we get a two block house instead of a one block. So I sort of went way above my budget back then and we ended up buying a, a two lot with the investment that at some point we can do something with the other lot. So I sort of had a property investment hooked into my uh, home and then the rest has really been shares. So I have a mix of, I guess, in a way, uh, property and shares, but I thought investing in a tax-free asset might be quite useful later in life. And how much longer do you...
0: Think that you'll be working and do you have your eye on retirement
1: well I'm a little way off yet. the kids have just to enter private school so I've got another eight years of school fees and um, I'm not 50 yet so I think I've got another 60 might be a nice date if I can get everything to work
0: Excellent. well and at this rate your kids might be able to pay for their own private school <laughs>
1: well, that would be nice wouldn't it <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> well, Cameron, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it.
1: No worries. Um, thanks for uh, ringing me up, and it's been nice to have a chat.
0: Excellent. Cameron Jackson is one of our curious investors on the constantinvestor.com.